Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 23. Today we're talking about back-to-school procedures and classroom management for the first days of school. We'll also share highs and lows from our school week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And now it's time for us to share some high notes and low notes <laughs> from the first days of school. Yes, we've had how many days now? Okay, well. Kind of uh, sort of four. Kind of sort of four. Yeah. Yeah. I had two days, and then today and yesterday was a testing day where the kids come in by appointment, and um, they test one-on-one with the teacher, and so I did not have classes today or yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And we had uh, Thursday and Friday were soft start routines and procedures day. We had half the school Thursday, half the school Friday, but they didn't have regular specials because I was just helping teach routines and procedures but today was um but yesterday and today were our, like our first real days so nice. tomorrow will be day three of my rotation as of to tomorrow will be day three of my rotation yeah so yeah. i'll have seen all the kids in the school by tomorrow yep me Woo-hoo. too uh-huh all right okay so you have a high note or a low note from those fabulous <laughs> uh, four days well, well this i'm gonna i'm gonna call this a low but it could be i don't know it could be well not a high but a it's not that low it's not as bad as it sounds Kindergartners. Yeah. Yay. Welcome again, kindergartners. Um, all right. I forgot. <laughs> how to teach kindergarten? <laughs> no, no. I forgot. Not how to teach kindergarten, but I forgot to remove mallets from instruments before kindergartners walk in the room. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, it was very interesting because um, I got an email from one of the other teachers in the building um, saying, okay, you're going to get Mrs. So-and-so's class tomorrow. And she has one of her students um, we're a little concerned about, be on the lookout for. This is, um, is a student that has uh, sensory issues and might be overwhelmed. And anyway, just be aware. So I'm ready for this one student, yeah. right? Um, and I, I know the student's name, and I'm, I'm like on the lookout for this student just to make sure everything goes well and being, you know, extra friendly and um, making sure I greet them in the hallway and ease them into the music room. Okay, now, on the way in, the kindergarten teacher pulls me aside and said, I said, oh, I said, you wanted to tell me about, you know, that student. And, and the, the teacher said, um, yeah, but you won't even notice that student because we have another one that's, that's trumps <laughs> that trumps that. <laughs> and um, just so you know, that student is coming with a friend, like a grown up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> one of our counselor type friends. Yes. And um, actually, that came with two friends because our um, uh, building leadership coach came in as well. Okay. So I had two adults come in with the class and right away um, this little guy like busts out of line as soon as he sees the instruments, goes over to the bass metallophone, grabs the mallet, starts banging away. Oh yeah. And then the, you know, one of the teachers goes over and takes the mallets out of his hands and then he runs to the next instrument and starts banging away. Oh my. And he was just like, 
tearing around the room. Oh boy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I left all the mallets because other classes we were playing. Yeah. Right? But not kindergarten. Yeah. You got to remove that temptation. I know. So <laughs> I remember now. Hey, let yeah. me learn. So teachable moments for you. A teachable moment for me. <laughs> um, that was interesting. And it was co so kind of. I felt sad because I never did identify the original student that you I was still going don't to. Know who I was. don't know who that was. <laughs> that student was probably like, hey, I give up. You take it. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> anyway, and um, that was that. Okay. Yeah. So when you see that class again, you'll tomorrow. remember mallets. <laughs> yes, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good time. So, what do you what do you have? Well, a high note. I hope mine is kind of a similar version of that story, but it kind of forked out the other way. Not to sound braggy or anything, but oh, it was good kind for of you. it was probably more of a happy accident than anything. But we have a kiddo. This is a first grader who's new to our school this year, so we didn't have him last year in kindergarten. And uh, the buzz that I've been hearing is just you know same thing. This child has some major sensory issues, major boundary and self control issues. Really should probably have a one-on-one -on -one para all day he mm -hmm. was getting a lot of one-on-one -on -one services at his last school but we didn't have that set up and arranged yet and blah 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 and um i i happened to notice earlier throughout the day every time i would walk by the office he was there so he wasn't really in his class much today or at least the parts where i was noticing he's making office friends but of course and you know i i love our office steps dearly and i understand the need for this but when it was time for specials off you go you know like <laughs> so first day of music for his class and you know poof right. all of a sudden he was that'll there. go well and um you know i just i was kind of preparing for the worst in a way which is maybe good so like immediately said to him hey buddy i need you to be my line leader i need you to come in because i kind of shepherd them in and then we walk around the circle and then we sit in the circle so whoever's right behind me is going to be next to me during class so mm -hmm. that was kind of my first way of trying to rein him in and you know it just throughout the lesson anytime he started to look like he was going to go astray i just reminded him that i have a really special instrument planned for us today i hope you can join us and that kind of that carrot reined him in and of course my really special instrument was egg shakers ooh la la <laughs> but i always start with egg shakers with first grade because i figure worst case if one throws one you know it's not like a drum where they're going to break the drum head it you just beams someone small. in the head so anyways i was just i was really pleased because you know i thought i was able to rein him in quickly and I was able to keep him involved and he actually finished the whole class with me and that's my last class of the day so after this whole long day of him struggling he ended smiling yeah and then I get I get to dismiss him for the day so I took him outside and there was his grown-up I'm not sure exactly who it was in relationship to his family but you know I said you know so-and-so did great in music today and it was just really great to end I think his day positively. That's so awesome. I felt like a connection was made. Yay. Now this was day one. Uh -huh. So that's circle really back to me in a week or two and you know, the honeymoon could be over. But no, hey, but I feel like you need that. We started well. Yeah, and he needs that. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It's time for our main theme, which is beginning of the year, procedures, classroom management, systems that you set up to be successful all year yeah. with your students. 
And if you've listened to one of our past episodes, I think it was number four, um, we did a classroom management episode um, coming right back from winter break. Yes. So it's like reestablishing routines. So you might hear some repeats. You if know, and I might one. repeat myself. I tend to do that a lot. And oh, yeah. I, I didn't listen to that. Um, yeah, recently. I was thinking that too. Maybe I should have listened to it first. But, yes. you know, I think that's part of the organic nature of it, though. Hopefully, you're that... not listening to these back to back and expecting anything. Yeah, that wouldn't um, be exciting. Don't yeah. necessarily go back and listen to it now. But if you've listened to it in the past, just know that some of these things are circling back, right. backwards, but the as very, they should. Yeah, the very beginning of the year, though, is unique because you are establishing these relationships and you're ex- establishing the climate and the tone of your classes. Yeah. And I have had things go both ways, honestly. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been teaching long enough that I have had years where I have gotten off on the wrong foot yes. with like an entire class yeah, and then this kind of dichotomy of me versus them thing gets set up despite my best intentions a little bit later on yeah. you know within those first few music classes you got to be careful that you are um, establishing great relationships and rapport with your kids and that the expectations are known and that you're not surprising them with anything, say, four or five lessons in. Right. Right? Like, oh, I was the friendly teacher for the first couple of classes, and I let you get away with this, that, or the other, and now I'm coming down hard. You know, yeah. it doesn't so, work that way. It doesn't work that way, and I've seen that happen in my, my own, you know, classes. Yeah. And, and also I've seen that happen with like student teachers or beginning teachers. Yes. Where like, Oh yeah, I made that mistake in the beginning, mm-hmm. especially with older students. It's like, well, they don't know me and I don't want to come in and bring down the hammer and so I'm just gonna kinda take it easy mm-hmm. on them and almost cross that line of, you know, too buddy buddy, too yes. friend. And that does not work. No. Never will. No, it never doesn't. has. But I learned them hard way and yeah. sometimes you just have to. You can hope and pray that everyone's going to act wonderfully all the time, and that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, if you're going to teach for, I don't know, longer than a week, <laughs> yeah. it's probably not going to happen. There is usually, I mean, even in, uh, I consider my school to be a highly impacted school with, with extensive behavior issues, but I say even in my school, there's usually a one to two week honeymoon period. Oh, really? And that's really a great way to establish those relationships and those routines and procedures without it feeling punitive, without it feeling scary, you know, with it feeling joyful and fun. Yeah. And we're really big into restorative practices in my school. We have a full-time restorative practices coordinator who's there to assist with circles, um, restorative circles. That's something when conflict happens, then you come together and you do a circle to resolve it. But one of the big things that they talk to all of us about is doing um, proactive circles or community circles. And, you know, I remember when I first sat through the training, I thought, well, that's what we do as music teachers. Mm -hmm. It looks different. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because, well, I'm going to be getting some training in September for two days. But um, I have a little document. Maybe, well, maybe we should come back to it. um, About topics for beginning circles. Yeah. That um, one of the teachers in our building has been giving us, like, every day she's been giving us a new document for restorative practices and um, so I was excited to see that, and I yeah. think I'm going to try to work it in in the next couple of music classes sure, so that we can have well, these things. But I'll be honest with you. I don't necessarily take the time to do the circles the way classroom teachers do, where you sit and you pass a talking piece and mm-hmm. students share something. I do circles 
in my version is what music teachers do. So, for example, if we're doing jump in, jump out, sure. turn yourself about where they have to say their name and then something they like, that's the same idea, but it's being done in a musical context. Exactly. So, um, you know, occasionally if I have extra time or if I feel like there's a particular class that we're not gelling the way we should, I might do a sit and pass the object and talk. But generally my circles are done in a musical way. Well, sure. That's yeah. how I get to it. Well, um, I just opened my little document of restorative circle topics. Yeah. And we can also think about some things that could be musical. But here's a couple of questions that you could have kids discuss. Say something nice about the person to your right. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite thing to do? And these are things, a lot of these, some of these questions are ones that I've used for sharing and pairing mm -hmm. at the beginning, the very first class where we're doing something uh, like some kind of... Um, name game or sharing thing where they get that hi there neighbor what do you say right mm -hmm. turn to the person nearest you and ask them you know what is one thing you are proud of what is your favorite school memory whom do you trust Ooh, that's deep yeah yeah some of these i'm not sure would fly like really but you know that's on. where it gets interesting because i've seen it in action and especially with the older students that's when you really want to get into those deep topics and once they've established that trust they can really dig in deep with topics and it's really fun to see that yeah. they can actually do that but can it help you establish that trust if they if you've got a room full of kids who barely know each other yeah and you go around and you say I wouldn't start with who do you trust. Yeah. I would I would definitely start with the easier topics yes. and then work into the the deeper ones. As what the is year your goes favorite on. book? That's a good one. Yeah. Who is your hero? Yeah. What kind of shoe would you be and why? Oh my. Okay. Yeah. No. It's a, <laughs> circles are great. And you know the the one thing I remember you know them talking a lot about is the talking piece, having something physical that the students packs pass, and it can be anything. It can be a little stuffed animal. Probably not an instrument. No, probably not. But the idea is it should be something special and meaningful to you right. or meaningful to the students. So, yes. you know, you can explain what it is and why it's so meaningful because that, again, establishes that trust. Like, I'm letting you hold this really special yeah. thing that I've had since I was a little kid, and here's why it's special to me. Now I'm trusting you to hold it. And that right away establishes some trust. Yeah. But, you know, know your audience. Right. Like, if you're brand new to a school and you don't know those kids and they don't know you, maybe don't pull out your favorite childhood toy to no, pass around no. the circle. Yeah. But if you've been at the school and if you've had those students for many years, you know, you can probably start. Well, I've never like facilitated that. one, but I've been a part of them yeah. um, quite a bit. And uh, during my mentor training, and uh, the ones that I've been a part of have gotten pretty intense. The last one that I did was all about white privilege. and Oh, yeah. Wow, that was... Yikes. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not doing that with uh, my older kids, even. Um we're yeah. not going to talk about white privilege necessarily yeah. in this context this early on. Um, I do have a little list here beyond restorative circles, but of things to be thinking about in the first day. And I'm just going to kind of, um, I think I'm going to list them and then we can talk about them in a little more detail. Yeah. So bring the joy of music to the students as soon as possible. Build relationships between you and the class. Communicate your behavior. Communicate your behavior management plan and class rules on the first or second day. You don't want to get too far along before you do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then practice procedures, which can be, which can feel kind of dorky, but I really have us practice, you know, the right way to do things. And I've got a list of procedures. I mean, even from, you know, answering the phone. So 
if the phone rings, what happens, right? Yeah. Do your kids just stop and expect you to get it? Or do you train them to answer the phone? Or, um, you know, what happens? Anyway, yeah. so we could talk through these a little bit. Sure. So, like, bring the joy of music to them as soon as possible, which... We already covered in our last episode. Yeah, definitely circle back to the last one. We talked about kind of our go-to first day of school lesson plans, and we did lots of songs. You start with a no-fail, everybody loves this all the time. Yep. Yep. Um, And that, yeah. Once in a while, actually, I I should say, really, it's happened once to me that I've done something that was a no-fail thing with a fifth-grade class and it failed because, like, the third kid in, you know, got a little solo and um, did something really, like, I'm going to make everybody laugh right yeah. now. Yep, yep. And it was a situation where this student was a very negative leader. Yeah. And kids just glommed onto him, mm-hmm. like, all kids. Yeah. And that that was very, um, that was really hard and very damaging. Yeah. Like, day one, third kid in. Yep. Um, yeah, because if they're treating that song like a joke, they're treating your class like a joke. Exactly. And then it just sets that up from the yep. beginning. And yeah. in retrospect, I should have gone the other way in the circle. You know what, though? I don't think it would have made a difference. I he, think it would have happened either way. It would have happened either way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we say no-fail games because, you know, these are things that you and I probably have done since we've been teaching a while, mm-hmm. we kind of see that they work well. But that doesn't mean every single class. I mean, you definitely have your exceptions. Right. Sometimes you have a class that just is an odd mix of kids. Right. Or it doesn't gel well. Could be too big. Could be too small. Right. So sometimes not everything works perfectly. Right. But... And this was not the, the fault of the song or the game that I chose. Oh, exactly. This was that I had a past relationship with this kid. And, yeah. and it, did, it hadn't it been going well. still wasn't mended. No. And it was a brand new year. And he was not, you know, he was... He was going to move forward with yeah. uh, his hatred and, like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely try to get them up and moving and singing right away. And, you know, if you are going to talk about routines and procedures on the first day, don't do that first. I no, mean, no, other no, than no. whatever routine or procedure you need to get them to go play that first game. So, for example, in my class, they came in. They sat in a spot. I didn't even have assigned spots yet. I just said, pick a spot mm-hmm. and make a good choice because maybe you and your buddy can stay sitting together, which generally never happens. But yeah. at least I say that. But give them hope. Um, <laughs> I teach them whatever new hello or warm-up song we're using for the year because I always start the class with the same hello or warm-up song. And then we immediately go to, like, our first circle game. Mm-hmm. But before we go to the circle, even all the way through sixth grade, I said, now let's remember, how do we go to the circle? Yes. Do we crawl there? Do we walk? there and right. we walked there and I didn't have a class that needed to go back and practice but if I had a class that didn't do it correctly I would have said oh looks like we need to try that again and not in a scary yelling way just looks like we need no more practice Let's right do exactly it. um but we were up and we were to the circle within the first five minutes of yeah. each class and that's an excellent way to like practice a procedure in you know an organic way like this is coming up right now because yeah. this is what we're doing right now um so yeah that's awesome so especially at the very beginning of class you want to be doing the songs and games and things to really bond and have them excited and enjoying making music and enjoy being there and i also have this written down that um, i really try to make sure that within the first four classes that we've sung of course we sing every class we've done some moving and maybe even some dancing some really simple dancing played instruments 
Um, and then there's been some solo opportunities. Yeah. I'm pretty good with all those except the solo piece. Although with some of those name games, I guess they get some solos in there. Definitely. They're not always singing solos, but no, no, more but often it counts. speaking. But yeah. yeah. I try to get them playing an instrument in the first class. I know that seems maybe that a little awesome crazy. But I feel like that's that carrot, especially for the younger students, like I was saying with this first grader that I had, like mm-hmm. having that little bit of a carrot. And then I'm very intentional, like generally kindergarten and first grade it's egg shakers mm-hmm. second grade i think i mentioned in my last episode i have little shakers that are apples uh-huh. so same idea um third and fourth graders have rhythm sticks um and fifth graders i do the cup game with them so it's not an instrument but mm-hmm. i make a big deal of how they have to earn the right to play the tubanos in the next class period by showing respect to the cup uh-huh. and i make a big deal out of that Sixth graders, I had them go right to the Tubanos because we did them last year. So right. I wanted to get them playing right away. Yeah. So I do. I, I, I was able to get an instrument with every single class. Nice. Yeah. Yes. I, I, that's interesting. It's hard to do. I haven't done it with kindergarten and first grade thus far. Yeah. Like this year. Um, with the older kids, because they have had experiences, I was putting them on the telephones and xylophones. Now that's right weird, away. <laughs> no. The orphan instruments, because for me, that that requires a lot more talk and more procedure talk. Mm-hmm. So, did you go over that when they went to the? the yeah, I mean, club? real quickly, and yeah. not everybody went. Okay, it was like a handful. It was um, we were playing a quaqua, and then whoever got out. Which, you know, it's interesting because at first they don't want to get out, and then they do, and that's okay. But um, I was having the kids go to an instrument of their choice, and I told them, you know, what to play. And we just quickly reviewed, like, show me how you hold the mallets. Mm -hmm. Yes, like handlebars. Make sure you tuck those fingers in. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to bounce. Everyone show me bouncing off your legs. Oh, let's sing at one time while we're bouncing off our legs as if we're holding the mallets. All right, now, John, you go over there because you're out and you play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, it's just real quick. Yeah. And um, it would also depend. If I saw, if John was the kid who got out and he's the first kid to go play an instrument and he's someone who um, I think might need more prep, then I probably would have him pick a partner real quick. I don't know. I would probably, like, load it in a way where he would be encouraged to do it correctly. Yeah. Right? So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. If you're having the kids get out in a game like that, like... If I'm not controlling the out. Where it's random. Where it's random. Yeah, it's like, okay, fingers crossed that it's one of my ringers, Mm -hmm. especially in those first couple days, because you want someone who can keep a beat and play appropriately. Yes. I really lucked out on the first two days, because... The kids who got out were kids who were really super solid. That's awesome. And so that worked well. Yeah. But, like, if I had someone who wasn't, I'd be like, oh, John, you know, why don't you take um, a buddy with you you and you'd be on the same instrument? Oh, oh, I think you need to be on the low end, not John. You should be on the higher end. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Perfect. Yeah. That's a good idea. So, um... Bring the joy of music to them as soon as possible. Build relationships between you and the class. And we just talked about restorative practices. And um, one thing I'm looking forward to with my restorative justice uh, training is, like, what you can do up front. Because I've had some readings and um, I've had some experiences with circles and that kind of thing. And I've seen a lot of restorative practices in which things need to be restored. Yeah. I've seen it from like things have gone wrong yeah. and now things need to be restored. Yeah. I haven't really seen the whole front loading the whole 
building a community, establishing relationship, building community, and how it's specifically different, you know? Right. I mean, I don't think it's much different than probably what you're already doing naturally in your classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when you take the training, and I mean, I haven't had extensive training, but it seems like that's almost the bigger piece than the the reactive circles, because it's even hard to have a, a true restorative circle a healing circle so to speak if Mm -hmm. the trust isn't there right because the whole thing is you know the student has to look at the other student or the teacher in the eye and truly own Mm -hmm. up to what they did and truly come up with a way to fix it solve the problem and that doesn't work if you don't have that trust in that relationship building right so that's why in our school the well first we started by uh our principal asked the classroom teachers if it would be um, you know, reasonable to do a community circle to start every week. Mm-hmm. And pretty much every teacher, hands down, said, we're going to do it every single day oh, yeah. because they saw the importance of it. Great. And we have that built into our schedule. So the first 15 minutes of the day, everyone's in their classroom doing restorative circle or Ooh, doing wow. a community circle. And so, um, like, nobody comes straight to specials, which I love. Like, so I see sixth graders first thing for me, but they've already been in their class. They've done a circle. They've established, here we are, we're at school. Have you thought about sitting in or would you be allowed to? Uh, oh, yeah, I would. I mean, I would probably ask the teacher first well, just sure, to make sure there's no yeah. like hot button topics going on. Um, yeah, totally. That's yeah. a good idea. I should do that more. I Sometimes mean, I know I ask 15 them. minutes. I know. Like Sometimes I'm like scrambling that. that time, like getting ready. But I've asked them sometimes when they come in, what was your topic today? You know, just to kind of, as they're coming in, just to build that. Yes. Like I'm interested. I'm invested in what you're right. talking about. So that's, that's awesome. That's something that's worked really well. Um, some teachers have had better success with them than others, but it's something we're still working on as a building so yes i think it's important that is that's so fantastic that your whole school takes that time early on yeah and really does that and this kind of points to something that i really think needs to be said is that at the beginning of the school year i am i'm ready to go and i'm anxious to like get to like get on track yeah like make sure we're getting these many songs these many activities these learning literacy things going on and like there's a part of me inside that's going oh let's move on but i know how important it is to take the time to practice things and to do these procedures and to do these like overviews and to make sure kids feel like they're connected and take that time even if it's not working on specific musical things yeah so yeah i I, kind of get antsy about it but it's so it's It's hard and it's it's especially hard like when you're looking at, well, for me, it's kindergarten and for you too. It's like, it's hard not to think of them when they come in. Oh, here's kindergarten. And you're not in this frame of reference of the end of the year kindergarten from last year. Mm-hmm. This is beginning of the year kindergarten. Oh, yes. And I'm getting, I'm already so tired of having to say the same thing in the same tone. But it's so important and they I need know. it and it's okay and that's normal. But it's, you have to put that that hat back on of like here we are we're doing routines and procedures exactly a lot (laughs) um also along the lines of building relationships between you and the class like sharing outside of the music room is really important when you see kids outside if you happen to do duty this Mm -hmm. year i have a little bit of lunch duty time yeah so that's that's interesting already i've kind of built some relationships with kindergartners um and it was, they are the funniest thing. My my son, Jude, was uh, 
with me on Friday because he hadn't started school yet. And so he was with us at school and he was, you know, getting some work done because he had summer homework. Uh-huh. Uh, but he came outside with me yeah. for my first kindergarten duty. Aww. And I had seen these kindergartners like the day before I had yeah. met them. And so they kept calling me Miss Music Teacher. Of course. One of them said, oh, you're the queen of music. Oh, my gosh. I, I want to be the queen of music. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I'm Where's the queen? my crown? Yeah. And uh, Jude just thought it was, they were the hilarious, Aww. most hilarious, That's cutest so thing. Um, one of them did ask me if I was pregnant. Oh. <laughs> silly i was wearing a dress i'm a little paunchy i guess um <laughs> then you're thinking i'm gonna rethink that outfit. i know oh, and then i and, and then i noticed that she was wearing a crown that said it was her birthday oh so i was like that in my head i'm like i'll give you a pass kid i guess it's okay oh, that's um hilarious. <laughs> it's happened to me too oh it's well whatever things. um they ask everything they do they no ask filter. everything um, another way that I think is really unique to us as music teachers that you can build rapport with students is to perform for them. And I do this for the little ones. Yeah. I sing and I play my dulcimer Aww. at the end of like the first or the second class. And I bring it out, you know, every so often Yeah. Um, to accompany our singing. Yeah. But I like for them to have a time where... Um, I just sing to them. Yeah. Because, well, lots of things. They're practicing audience, particip- or audience behavior, uh-huh. right? They're also getting this unique experience of someone doing live music just for them. Yeah. Right there. Which, which... They, sadly, a lot of them haven't had that experience I before. I know. Yeah. Um, what is their reaction the first time that you do that? Are they... Do you get, like, some nervous giggles sometimes? Do you get, like, just awe? Have you had anybody cry? Like, what? have you had any extreme reactions to that? Because um, I've done it, like, where I'm performing, but I'm usually, like, singing from a, a picture book or something like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just holding an instrument and singing to them is even more personal. So I guess I'm wondering if you've ever had you any know, strong they're, reactions they're usually in. They're usually, like, mesmerized. Yeah. I mean, they're usually really quiet. I'm mesmerized by you, too, Tanya. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're the queen of music. Because I'm the queen. Um, the, you know, the, they love the dulcimer. The dulcimer is mesmerizing. That's true. You know? Yeah. Maybe it's... if there was no instrument whatsoever, it would be, like, too intimate in a way. I don't know. I don't know. I just I remember there was a time where I sang What a Wonderful World, and I mm-hmm. had that beautiful picture book, and uh, a child just started crying. Oh. And I just thought, oh, my goodness. This is... And it was hard to yeah. sing because it was such a beautiful, like, natural reaction it wasn't well, like to my beautiful voice i think it was no, just to that just experience like, that's isn't that yeah. telling what music can do yes, totally. i i have done books before where i sing the book um and the kids will clap at the end oh don't you <laughs> love that's that? so sweet that is so sweet and again yeah. that's teaching them audience right. manners and participation but usually i mean i read and sing a lot of books yeah. and most of the time they don't i don't expect you know, them to clap. I mean, we're sure. just sharing this book. But whenever that happens, it's kind of like, uh, oh, okay. Sure, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's very – and it doesn't have to be, like, singing and playing guitar or dulcimer. It can be your instrument. So, like, if you are an instrumentalist, which, I mean, I can dabble on a lot of instruments, but I am definitely not an instrumentalist. Yeah, me um, <laughs> In the purest sense of the word. Uh, but if, you know, you take out your clarinet and you play, for, yeah. I mean, that's really powerful. I've had student teachers who have brought in their instrument and, like, played violin, and the kids are just like, wow, you know, that's they're awesome. bowled over. Yeah. So that's a really powerful thing, and they're not going to get that from their classroom teacher, of generally. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so that's so very important. All right, communicate your behavior management plan and class rules on the first or second day. So let's talk about the nitty gritty real quick. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. You know, I had a thought of changing my classroom rules this year. Yeah. But with all the construction and stuff going on in my building, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't make it happen. So you don't have like a school-wide behavior system that you tie into? We or you do. you do that as well? We do. do we have kind of do both? We have a PBIS system. Yes. And... At the end of last year, we changed it. Okay. And um, I it, our acronym is the Force. Oh right, you talked about this in the last. Time and too. I yeah. honestly am having trouble remembering what everything what all, what oh, yeah. all the letters it's stand for. I need to get better at that. But those aren't. Um, I mean, that's overall rules across the school. Yeah. But me and the art teacher and the PE teacher, we share four rules. Okay that are the same from class to class and they are very simple and they don't tie in with the word music i know some people do that and that's great um but ours are um listen to directions the first time they're given participate actively respect your classmates and teachers um and take care of classroom instruments which is also a lot of respect so it's you know take care of things be respectful listen to things Listen to directions the first time they're given. Yeah. You know. But I like that it's consistent between all of the special students. Yeah, and that's that's another reason why I didn't want to change because I would have had to like go get buy in from yeah. them and everything and yeah. we we weren't we we were not allowed in our school until 3 days before school tar- started. Right. So you didn't have much is, time yeah. to hang out and chit-chat we about We did these not. <laughs> no. And we still have um, lots of the classrooms that still don't have things done. Yeah. Uh yeah, all the the teachers had to box everything, move it out for the carpet to be laid. I mean, it was just it was we were bit of a mess. Yeah, we were nail biting till the very very last minute. We didn't think we were gonna start on time. Yeah, and then we did. Right, <laughs> and well, I'm no, still like you're still like making putting up things for it together. Anyway, yeah. yeah, and that's why I haven't changed my classroom decor from last year, and that's okay. I didn't change mine, and it had nothing to do with that. I just I like the way it is. Yay! So I'm happy with it. So, yeah, we have a PBIS system. Ours is uh, SMART, our acronym, because our mascot is the dolphins. And, you know, dolphins are smart. That's the tie-in So what's your school song sound like? So, you know, that's something that we're going to work on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we don't have a school song yet. That's something. I'm sorry. I keep thinking of the whales, the whale song. It's not dolphins. No, dolphins Dolphins make those funny little clicky noise. They do. Um, No, I do want to come up with something. Um, well, I do have something. It's kind of dorky. So anyways, um, S is safe, M is motivated, A is achievers, R is respect, and T is teammates. Right. So then what I do is we then go through that matrix, you know, we make a little grid, and then we talk about, well, how do you show safe in music? Mm-hmm. So then I have them brainstorm and tell me, and, you know, it depends on how involved I want them to get. So like with the older students, I have them do um, a circle map, which is a... Uh, there's a whole series yes. of thinking maps. Oh, yes. Um, so the circle map's kind of the basic one where you put your you know, your topic in the middle, and then they just brainstorm, and it doesn't have to be complete sentences. So I divide them into five teams, and I give each team a big circle map, and then they have to come up with the ways that they're going to show that particular thing, mm-hmm. and then we do a share out. Yes. Now, this is something I'll just say. I said it in the last podcast, but I don't do this on the first day. I really mm-hmm. don't talk about I have chosen to go the route of day one is fun, 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 music, 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 only talk about things as necessary. 
And then day two is when I start pulling in the routines and procedures a little bit heavier. So this is something I typically do on the second day mm-hmm. with like fourth, fifth, and sixth. And then with students younger than that, we just do turn and talks or share with the teacher, but it's a little bit quicker because, you know, having them do the whole circle map thing might be a bit much. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, I did come up with a dorky little thing just to help the younger students remember. Mm-hmm. So I just um, changed the tune of bingo. Oh. And we sing, here at school we all are smart and we all know the rules. S-M-A-R-T. S-M-A-R-T. You get the idea. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, we'll stop singing. We'll talk about safe S, and then I'll cross it off, and then we oh. clap for the S. So then I kind of incorporate the whole takeaway letters right. as we talk about each role. And you're audiating, so you're super smart. Well, yes, which, you know, little ones still struggle with at this point. They're usually singing the S while they're clapping the S at the same time, and I'm yeah, not too picky fine. about it. But that's, again, it's much just more, it's, it's not like something I do. I don't do this with sixth graders, obviously. But it's just to help the little ones remember what the S-M-A-R-T stands for. So I do, I use the PBIS things, but I make sure we talk about specifically how in music class these things look different, and that's okay. And then once, you know, I've gone through that procedure with all the classes, then I basically synthesize their ideas, I make posters based on what they said, which, let's be honest, it's basically the same bullet points that I'm going to have every year. Yeah. And then I hang them up and I make sure I draw attention to you. Do you remember the last time you were in music and you came up with these? These were your ideas. Let's remember what we said here. And so I make mm-hmm. sure that they, you know, you got to have that buy-in. that buy-in that yeah. you created these procedures. I didn't come up with the rules. You came up with the rules. Right. That's my goal. No, that's awesome. The older kids kind of see through it, but that's okay. Yes. Well, well, no, but they, but I mean, for the most part, they get it. And I do try to, you know, use their wording as much as possible. But if I'm trying to synthesize 21 different classes into one set of posters. Yeah, and that's always the tricky thing. You can't make it too particular to, well, this one kid said this one very specific thing. Like, I'm not going to be able to put everything on the poster. Right. But I can, I can keep it vague on the poster. And then I try to, like, make a mental note. Well, remember when you said you know, mm-hmm. then we need to, you know, not crawl specifically, like, then we'll draw back to that. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> um, do you have even the little kids doing the circle maps? No, that's generally, I just do that with like four and up. Yeah. yeah. The rest of them, we just do it together, whole group or like a turn and talk kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So um, as far as procedures. Yeah. Yeah. Because you mentioned the turn and talk. Right. And one procedure that, that, I have already done on the very first day because I decided, like you, to wait until day two to do rules and procedures because yeah. of the schedule. Yeah. And, like, the kids that I see tomorrow, I saw the very first day of school, which was last week. I knew there was going to be a lot of time there. So yeah. I decided to wait on the rules and procedures. Um, the kids that I see on Friday, I will have seen only last Friday. Right. So, you know. Um, but... One thing that we did do was practicing turn and talk and something that I call coming back to group because yeah. I'm doing a lot more turn and talks lately. Last yeah. year I started to do, to do a lot more yeah. of those and I really wanted to make it really um, very precise and um, quick how we came back. And so we just do the simple thing where when you turn and talk, as you're talking, after a little while, if you see Miss Lejeune's hand go up, that does not mean stop talking. Yeah. It means finish your 
thought, finish what you're saying, and then you stop and also raise your hand. And then everybody will see that we've got several hands raised and then we'll quiet down. Yeah. So we practice that skill. Yeah. Yeah. That's our whole school way of grabbing attention. That's something that we try to do whole school. So if they're mm-hmm. in an assembly or in the cafeteria, whenever we need to do that, that's kind of become our whole school thing. That's great. I've added a countdown to it in my class, mm-hmm. and oftentimes I'll just sing it. And I'm not trying to sing over them, but I'll show them with my fingers, and then I'll softly just sing on a descending scale. Five, mm-hmm. four, three, two, one. Because I like giving them a little bit of a finite, like, no, sure. I mean it. Like, <laughs> but, like, you don't have to immediately stop your conversation when uh-huh. my hand goes up. I'm going to give you five seconds to wrap it up and then come back to me. Yeah. And that works well. I don't necessarily do it with every group, but some of the groups who are more chatty. Right, I, I can find see that. that they yeah. might need that extra bit of scaffolding, so to speak. Right. Yes. And, and there are sometimes, I, I do often, not often, uh, I do sometimes use, like, audible attention getting things yeah when necessary and i teach those too those are procedural things as well um i do use the class yes Mm -hmm. i mean i don't do all of those things um but you know the class uh if i say class can you say yes the same way i say class so if i say class class you say yes yes I say class, class, class. You say yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And that kind of thing. It's nice to um, change it up once yes. in a while. Yes. And I I try to avoid the clapping. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the clapping. And it's the, I, I've i tried to get teachers and um, our paraprofessionals to do something besides ta, ta, ti, ti, ta. But they always ta, ta, ti, ti, ta. And I think we said this in our last thing. We talked about the clap. Yeah. And I don't know. It's also, you know, does adding more noise to the noise help the noise? No. And Not it seems generally. like it always takes at least three or four rounds before they realize, like, oh, you're supposed to be echoing and repeating, mm-hmm. not clapping with me and improvising rhythms, <laughs> which, you know, normally I'd be all for it. But, hey, yeah. not in this situation. Right. Yeah. Or have you ever been in the situation where um, it's, like, a crowded area at school and a kid will start the clap? Oh, yeah. Because then they want to see, like, they oh, wanna, yeah, like, now I have, power, the power. I have the power. And it's always ta ta ti ti ta Yeah, it's always ta ta ti ti ta I know. Yeah. Um, I've also used ago ame. Oh, yeah. You know, the African, well, I can't tell you specifically from what country in Africa, but, uh, you know, the common yeah, response. Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head either, but, yeah. And then when we drum, it's great because we do da 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 boom, right? They'll come in on the end of the traditional, you know, African call yeah on the gym base um but there's lots of those little things that you know you can pick and choose which ones you like or yeah um we are adopting another thing in addition to our pbis acronym we're also using a whole school the acronym star for showing active listening you're smart and you're star we're smart and we're a star i know so like the star in my mind, the way that I understand it is it's like a subcategory of the motivated piece because motivated means you're ready to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So star, let's see if I can remember what they are. S stands for sit tall. T is track the speaker. A yeah. is ask and answer questions. And R is respect. So it kind of, you know, it bridges the gap between some of those. But um, when I was talking about that, I just kind of 
I just had the little kids echo me. I would say S-T-A-R, and they would repeat it, and then I would say, I can be a star, and then they would echo it back. So I thought maybe that could be a little oh, attention yeah. grabber where I say S-T-A-R, and then they say, I, I can, can be, be a star. star. So I might experiment with that one, too. You could add some local exploration on the end. Yeah. You could be a shooting star. Ooh. Ooh. But then that might get them wild again. <laughs> the point is to get them quiet. I know. Okay. <laughs> maybe, um... You could, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. You could do um, some, uh, like, I don't know what you, the hissing, the, you could do some kind of like air release for the star sound. Like thing. the sound of the atmosphere? Yeah. I'm not following you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can be a star. Sizzle. Yeah, but As see, the band people would say. Yeah, I don't no? see that working well. Okay. Because again, the point is to get them quiet and attention. If I'm allowing them to make noise and I'm not giving right, them a cutoff right. for the noise. That's true. Sorry. Oh, hey, here's I'm a chance. I'm knocking your idea. You can practice your conducting cues. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do other things. Yes. Well, yes. So if you choose to use these type of procedures, you got to practice them. Well, exactly. And it's you've got to do it in real time. So it's kind of dorky, but I'll do things like, okay, everybody turn and talk to the next person next to you and get loud and let's yeah. practice it. Yeah, you let's know, practice that kind of coming thing. back. Because it's so much more meaningful when they have done it rather than you're just talking about it. Yeah. Right. So um, as far as practicing procedures, I got a list of procedures. Yeah, it's pretty that, nifty. That I wanted to like talk about. And um, yeah, let's see. Where's my list of procedures? Um, I've well, lost while you're it. looking for while it. I'm looking for it. Why don't we mention? So this was something that I mentioned in the last podcast too. Is is to make a list of the procedures that you know you want to teach and create some sort of a checklist to as you're teaching them. Oh, that's where it is. Checking it's my checklist. off. Yeah, uh-huh. there you go. There you go. Checking off for each class you see as you learn them because you're not going to do every single one on day one. So you know, kind of deciding. All right, which one of these procedures would work well on day one? Which ones can I do on day two? And then time. Tanya made this beautiful color-coded checklist. Well, I have um, red, yellow, and blue because I have a red day and a yellow day and a blue day. So, yeah, I just made this little checklist in PowerPoint, and um, maybe I'll throw it on. Oh, I know. I could put it in our Facebook group. Yeah. Or Yeah. I think. Can you put documents there? You can totally do that. Oh, yeah, we did that before. Yeah, yeah. definitely put it there because um, I want a copy of it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just uh, put it in there. If I can leave it in PowerPoint, then you could, like, zhuzh it up however you see fit. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. here are my procedures that I want to touch on, like, within the first, say, month of school. And some yeah. of them are more important than others. Well, I shouldn't say that because you could have a fire drill any minute. Well, that's whatever. true. Um, coming into the room, we do that day one. Yeah. Mindful minutes. Um and that's something I've talked about before. We do a little bit of mindfulness at the beginning of each class um, in my school um, that I started last year. And uh, there's lots of different ways to do that. And if you're interested in that, uh, we have did, I did an episode that um, Carrie was not a part of, but my friend Ellie was, where we talk about mindfulness in the music room. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk a little bit about little things. And, and that never lasts for longer than like three or four minutes. Uh, reading the learning targets together. My favorite time of day. That's your favorite. <laughs> Can you hear the sarcasm <laughs> in my voice? Sorry. I'm not good about this one, but you go for it. Well, Tanya. it's a good thing for them to be aware of and get into the practice of. I agree. Right? I need to make this checklist for myself. Well, and we've seen students. people, uh, oh, I've seen different teachers uh, differently do where everyone looks at the learning target. I've uh, also seen. Um, 
classes where they recite, the, the, they read the learning target out loud in unison, which I find a tad creepy. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. No, I'm not either. But I will have the kids look at the learning target, read it through, and then I'll ask someone who wants to read it out loud. And we'll we'll maybe talk about it for like a few seconds. Okay. All right. I'll give you um, leaving the room because you know it's not just like hey let's leave the room. Off you go. Off yeah. you go. Uh, I usually have kids go by line. I have a floor, floor staff, and we call them lines one two three four five or EGBDF depending on what grade we're in, mm -hmm. and we line up that way and we stay in order. So like if you're on line B and your line is called to line up, you stay in that order and we mm -hmm. practice that. Uh, asking a question. Oh, those yeah. kindergartners. Oh, yeah. They just love to ask the question while they're raising their hand. Oh, yeah. If that. Oh, yeah. So we talk about that. In fact, I have a whole, it's it's so silly, but I have a whole PowerPoint on why do you raise a hand. Oh. Mm hmm Interesting. Yeah, it's silly. But we talk about all the reasons why we raise hands okay. and how it's not just in the music room and it's not just in school, but like I, I say there's business meetings going on right now in downtown Denver where people raise a hand yeah. because they have something to say because it's respectful and this and we talk as a group whatever um pairing and sharing and back to class mm -hmm. which, which we just talked about is another procedure going to the bathroom yeah yes how when where uh-huh and this is another thing <laughs> that's tricky with kindergarten and first yeah. grade because they have to go a lot once one person has to go we all remember that we have bladders and yes. that they're full yeah. And yeah, we all have to go. Yeah. And I don't take reservations is what I, oh, my line. Yeah. I do oh, not take bathroom one. reservations. You're yeah. going to have to just, you, you know. have to just wait. Um, timeout procedures. Uh -huh. Right? So I have some timeout areas. Yeah. Um, I have my mindful um, glitter uh, bottles. Mm -hmm. And it's not meant to be a uh, reward and it's not meant to be a punishment. It's just meant to be like really some time out. And we talk about why you might be there or you know it's not punitive it's it's yeah. not going to go on forever and it's just like hey sometimes you need a breather mm -hmm. so anyway um answering the phone because i do have kids answer the phone that's interesting because i guess i've been in a building in the past and it's just stuck with me that they didn't want kids answering the phone in case it was like an emergency or case you know it was something sensitive and it just it wasn't quick enough they want the teacher and I don't know that my building is necessarily that way anymore, but I've just stuck with that. So really? I personally don't have kids answer the phone. But I also don't, they don't call me. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> no one calls me. Yay. I mean, like, that's like one of our school. How do you get school, that to happen? Because yeah, no, I don't want that to happen. That's one of our school kind of norms is you don't really call another room unless it's like an emergency. And like if a kid has to get picked up early or something like that, um, a lot of times the secretary will walk down really physically ask for them, which is oh, really nice. That is I'm not nice. saying the phone never rings, but it doesn't ring too See, much. See, especially in the afternoon when there's dentist appointments. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and I, it, I can't have that interrupt the whole class. Yeah. Like, if we're moving and grooving and we're doing our no, thing, I, think I it's can't, great. like, stop the world because right. Johnny has a dentist appointment. Yeah. So, yeah, and we talk, We I even write it out. I have it on a PowerPoint where I... Tell them what to say. Hello, music room, student speaking. Yeah. And then we practice. And I go, okay, let's pretend the phone is ringing. Ring, 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 ring. Yeah. And then, then the kid who's closest to it goes over and says to a dial tone, hello, yeah. music room, So does this speaking. cause problems if they argue about who's closer? No, because we established this. 
Okay. Okay. So when they're on their line on the floor staff, yeah, we say, okay, let's look and see who's closest. Well, it's actually going to be the person on line one or line E. Yeah. Is the one that's closest to the phone. Okay. Right. Yeah. So let's say it's Carlos right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, if Carlos isn't there today. It's going to be the next person over. So we kind of like nail but it down. What if they're like doing like a free move? Okay, then we talk about I'm that. Devil's advocate. I know, here. no. Because we talk about what if we're in a circle? What if we're moving? Yeah. What if we're scattered formation wow. around the room? All right, well, who's going to be closest? Yeah. Right? So then we practice scattering around the room and all like ring, 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 ring. And, um, you know, it's funny because you would think that kids would rush to get the phone. Yeah. It's actually the opposite. They're nervous. They're about nervous it. about oh, it. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Oh, maybe I'll try this. I've been, I, like, I'll be honest with you. That sounds daunting. Like, everything you're saying there. Like, I'm on board with procedures, but that one in particular really? seems like it's more trouble than it's worth. No, I that's get that how I, done my early on is. because I do not want to stop teaching, teaching to, answer the phone. to answer the phone. Huh. Okay. Because sometimes it'll be like, sometimes they'll put parents through to my room. Oh, see, in they, the middle and they of class. absolutely won't do that. And so maybe that's and why I'm to ask kidding. when choir starts. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I can't, you know. No. They never put parents through to us. They take a message. Oh, that's, that's good. I know. I think I'm just lucky to have really Yeah, great... I mean, a lot of times a, a message will be taken. But yeah. every once in a while, I don't know why, uh, they'll, yeah. Yeah. Maybe someone's at lunch and someone else just answers it and just thinks that I'm just hanging out. Yeah, just patching through. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I give them something specific to say and okay. I show it and they read it and we yeah. all say, this one we all say in unison. That doesn't creep yeah. me out. Um, <laughs> hello. And... <laughs> Thanks for calling the music room. <laughs> no, it's not even that friendly. Yeah. It's just, hello, music room, student speaking. Yeah. And I think it's kind of funny because kids don't really talk on the phone anymore. Right. So when I was a kid and even in high school, like the whole thing was, you know, you talk on the phone and yeah. you would get in trouble for talking on the phone like late too into much. the night, yes. too much. Oh, yeah. You know. I remember that. You think of the telephone <laughs> hour and bye-bye birdie. Yes. No one knows what I'm talking about. I do. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but uh, they don't have that. I don't, I mean, they don't practice that skill anymore. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I do that, especially with those older kids because I need them to just like handle take, it. Take care of business. Take care of business. Plus it gives them that extra responsibility. I do not teach first graders. I okay. will tell you that. Okay. okay. And there's no way the kindergartners. I'm like, what's a phone? <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. Why does this thing have a cord right. hanging off Can of I it? go to the bathroom? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So answer the phone. Fire okay. drill. And you know, this comes up as needed. As needed. Where, well, but it, it is worth talking about, like, where they go, how they yeah. exit, because if they've been in their classroom and their classroom teacher has taught them how to leave, the funny thing is I have a door right by my room and my husband's room, the art yeah. teacher, and we leave. You leave out the closest door. Yeah. Okay. Well, just wait till the fire alarm goes off the first time in the year with the little kids yeah and they will head towards the door closest to their home room oh yeah yeah or they'll ignore case, the door that's like 50 feet from them and they'll start trekking down the yeah. hallway 
Or in my case, they get really confused because everyone has an outside door except mm-hmm. me. Like, uh, me and the library, we are the only two oh, rooms so they're in like, the We're whole trapped. school. So they do. They have this, like, pan. Even though I've, I've told, told them ahead of time, like, because usually the first fire drill is announced and we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. So if I have little kids, I give them the speech. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go out this door to the hall and then we're going to go out this door outside, which is literally right across the hall. It's right, not right. hard. But they just, like, have this moment where they start spinning around and they're, they're looking around and I'm like, remember, you know, now I'm yelling over the fire drill. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's, it is good, especially in, in my situation, your situation to say, yeah, you, this is the door we go out of. Yeah. Yeah. And this happened to me, I think the year before last, where I hadn't covered that and the fire, fire drill happened. Oh, of course. And they all start trekking down the hallway yeah. and yeah. Um, lockdown procedures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never fails. It's always during kindergarten for me. <laughs> Every year. It's always. And then they leave you there for like an hour. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, last year they were good. They're like, we're going to check the kindergarten room first and give them the all clear. But we still had to sit in the corner uh-huh. and still be like, we, they said we can talk quietly. Well, that means nothing to kindergarten. They don't want to talk quietly. They yeah. need to move. And so, like, we were allowed to turn on the lights, which was mm-hmm. nice. Oh. And we were allowed to talk, but we still couldn't move. And so it was it was not fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan, but no. I I understand it, it has is what to be it done. Is. Yeah, all right. On a lighter note, yeah. making a circle. Oh, well, that's a big one. And moving in a circle. Yeah. And you know when you haven't like dealt with the very beginning of kindergarten or first grade and the circle making mm-hmm. and all of that, and I think it's brilliant all these pictures on Facebook and Instagram we see of people who have like circle spots. Oh yeah. And you have circle spots. I do. I have an oval of dolphin spots. I cheat, and I'm I don't care. No, awesome. I'm proud to say it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know there there are plenty of other times where they're they're making a circle without mm-hmm. that, and we practice it outside, or we practice in the gym when we're doing a program or whatever. But I just need it quick in my classroom, so I do. I understand. I yeah. give them the reference. Well, and that's good because um, it takes a long time before, yeah. especially in kindergarten and first grade. Before we learn how to not yank and pull. Oh, and yeah. All and we still do. Yeah, I mean, I did it today. A whole teach to on how to do nice hands, you know, no pulling, no pushing, no swinging, no squeezing. Yeah. Kind of my four things. Yeah. And even making a circle with the, the visual reference, because I have way more dolphins than I have students, especially in my, my younger classes are smaller this year, which is oh. awesome. But then, you know, we have to learn to not pile like puppies. And right. I call it spreading the peanut butter. We got to spread the peanut butter oh. around. You don't want a sandwich with a big glop of peanut butter on one side and no peanut butter over here. I need peanut butter everywhere. Right. So we talk about spreading the peanut butter around the whole circle. Nice. And we do often need to join hands to, to make the circle just for that reference as well, mm-hmm. that we're not too close together on one side. How about your big kids? Do they need, do they use those? Generally not. And part of it is because those are my larger classes. Mm-hmm. So there really isn't that much room to go. Um, I might just say spread the peanut butter real quick because they've right. heard me say it now that they know what it now, means. Now, how do you deal with, because this is something I noticed right off the bat that I kind of let go the very first day, with the boy side and the girl side circle. Oh. Um, do you have that issue? You know, sometimes. I have it more in, like, I would say middle grades, like third and fourth grade seems mm-hmm. to be where they do that a lot. Um, but it hasn't been an issue as far as like 
connecting hands and being able to do the song. So as long as they're able to do the activity, I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah? The second becomes an issue, then I stop and I address it. With the older students, I think I'm almost having the opposite problem because oh. I'm having some girl-boy interactions that oh. are already making me nervous. Oh. So I have to monitor that as well. Okay. It'll be like small clumps, like a couple girls and a couple boys. But right. they seem to do okay mingling. Oh, gosh. I, wish I haven't really mingle. had that issue. I seem, like in the last few years, it seems very consistent when we make a circle. Because I don't have a signed seat circle. Right. But right. I have a signed line spot. Right. And then when they choose to make a circle, or when it's time to make a circle and they choose where they go, I consistently have a boy side and a girl side. In all grades? Pretty much. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's a I'm not sure which problem is worse, <laughs> yours or mine. Because, yeah, I'm looking at some of these, like, fifth and sixth graders who are definitely a little too chummy already. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Oh, you know, yeah. we've got the relationships forming. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, um, I love this little list, Tanya. And okay. I think you should definitely share it. I will share it and people can add. And the reason I have these little check boxes is that, at, and I'm going to make one for every grade level. Um, and then after I've done it with like the red fifth grade, I'll check that box. And after I've done it with the, you know, blue second grade, I'll check that box. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I want to add, um, you mentioned, um, I'm looking for the actual specific box, but I guess the timeout. Oh, you, you called it timeout. Yeah. So um, something that we're doing consistent with all the specials, art, music, and PE is the three-strike system. Mm -hmm. And so if a student's, you know, doing anything that's not according to the rules, strike one, mm -hmm. and that's just a warning, a verbal warning. If they continue, strike two, and that's when they lose a privilege. And that depends on the classroom. So in my classroom, if we're playing an instrument, they don't get to play that instrument for a little while. If it's a movement activity or a game, they sit in the calming corner, I call mm -hmm. it. So they're either losing the privilege of doing the activity or losing the physical privilege of whatever we're doing. But then I let them come back in after a few minutes, and then either when they look ready or when I think they're ready or when they tell me they're ready, depending mm -hmm. on the kid. And then... If they then get that lovely third strike, just like baseball, three strikes, you're out. And that's when they have to leave the room. Mm -hmm. And in my school, we do fix-it forms. It's like a right. reflection yes. sheet. But we don't send them to the office. We buddy up. So yes. I send them to art. They fill out the fix-it sheet. They return when they're ready. And then they're right back in the class. They're still not out forever. Right, right. Um, if they get a second fix-it form, that's generally when I'm calling the office and asking an administrator to come. Because they don't like us just to send kids to the office willy-nilly. No, no. I mean, yeah. we, we have to if it's a safety thing. So just thought I'd throw that out there. No, if you're yeah. looking for something, um, I find that that three strikes, it's very clear. It's very consistent. Yes. Um, and it doesn't lead to, like, students thinking that I'm playing favorites or being unfair because it's just it's the same way every time. Yep. So that works yes. well. And we have the same, a similar thing. Um, yeah. Where I will have them sit not, I mean, sometimes I'll send them to the art room, but sometimes I'll have them, Craig and I have a timeout desk in between our rooms. Yeah. Because we've had the issue with older students that they will um, be sent out of, say, the art room, mm -hmm. and then they'll come into the music room and they'll, like, you know, distract Really? other students yeah. oh yeah generally um and i hate to say this but you know there's that embarrassment piece which is kind of a natural that part wasn't of the consequence holding for sixth graders but and that didn't work for you huh year. okay no, it's still working for us so not that we're um depending capitalizing on, on that but we're <laughs> somewhat embracing it like that's right. kind of part of the deal is that you know we had some kids who were they were vying for it they were yeah. pretty proud so then you got to come up with a new idea. yes definitely but we have think sheets 
right. where they write out. Same thing. And the issue with those, and I'm sure everyone's experienced this, is that when you try to have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation in like those couple of minutes that you might have while people are lining up because you really don't want to humiliate the child. Exactly. And yeah. you want to have it one-on-one -on -one in they always are like so unclear on what it was. What They're did I do? Stymied I don't remember. About how, I don't understand what what happened. All I all I wanted to do was ask a question. Yeah. Or whatever. That's when I pull out the big dogs and I say, you know, this sounds like a conversation will continue during your recess time. And I hate to do it, but sometimes that's the only card I've got to play. And oh. generally, that nips it in the bud. Yeah. Personally. I don't yeah. know if other people have other magic bullets for that. but Right. Because well, you, you can't sit there and have a 10-minute conversation with them. They've got to go back no. to class, and you've got you've the next class yeah. coming in. So, I mean, honestly, and I tell the kids this. I said, I cannot have this conversation with you. So it has to either be at recess or after school. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, oftentimes I just have them come in real quick at recess. We talk about it, and then they go back out to recess. It's not like they miss the whole thing. Right. But that hopefully doesn't need to happen more than once or twice, and they'll get the gist that I'm not playing around here. Yes. And and that's, yeah. Yeah. It's also important, let's let's say, let's speak positively now. Yeah. To recognize kids who have had some positive yeah, let's things talk happening. About rewards. Rewards. Incentives. Incentives. The carrots. Yeah. Um, I work off of a um at the end of class if the class as a whole have done things well we have three i, I call it a three beat system which mm -hmm. is kind of silly it really should be four because we're so often in four you're in triple two. meter for this i'm in one. triple yeah, meter for this I like it. so i've got three heartbeats um on the board just in the corner of a board and this is mostly aimed towards the younger grades mm -hmm. that if we are not following rules as a class then i will take away a beat and we can get them back but we want to have three beats by the end of class yeah and then that will earn us a special um you know uh, a special game or activity yeah which is usually something that i've been planning for us to do anyway yeah. that you'll do during that class. that will do during that class That's right good. um and i have done that in lieu of collecting stars or yeah. something but with the older kids i do collect yeah. stars yeah and um the star system is a little bit different with the older kids and this year I don't have sixth grade, so it's going to be with fourth and fifth grade, uh -huh. where I give them stars based not off of um, behavioral things. I mean, sometimes it's behavioral things, but off of like musical learnings or insightful questions or like hmm. if someone in the class has shown that they're really uh, have achieved something like, yeah. oh, I can tell you practiced that and you got better and, and now you can do this correctly or... Um, someone asked a really awesome question, like, I'll write a star up on the board. Yeah. And then at the end of class, we put that number of stars, like, on our chart. Mm -hmm. And once we get 50 stars, we have what we call a free day. Right. Right. So I think for the older kids, you can play that long-range right. plan. Right. And I also like the idea of aiming for not just behaving, mm -hmm. you know, but... Things that are musical achievements, like and, yeah. if as a group, oh, we sang that three-part canon really well. Yeah. Um, then you know it's star worthy. Like yeah. we earn a star. Another thing that is really um, motivating for them is to record them. Yeah. Like, totally. Wow, that was so good. Let's do it one more time, and then we can record it. Yeah. 
And then... And put it on the news, hopefully. Okay, I was going to say, because you and I have a similar philosophy that we do not like to share videos or photos of our students on, like, social media no. or things like that. So it's in-house sharing that in-house you do. Sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I do the similar thing because we have class dojo school-wide. So luckily I, I have that instant, like, access to, well, I'm going to take a video of this. I'm going to show it to your parents. Right. Unfortunately, the older kids don't embrace that well. They get easily embarrassed by it. So I don't do it as much with fifth and sixth. But fourth on down, they're usually pretty proud. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I talked a lot about Class Dojo in our first classroom management episode, so I won't go into it too much here. But we do it school-wide, and I love it because I have instant access to connect with yes. all the parents who are on, which is not everybody. I'd say we're probably at a good 70 75% of parents wow. get connected, usually But whenever you can collaborate class. with parents and the classroom teacher exactly. and you're all on the same platform, that's really awesome. Yeah, and I'm just able to give them rewards that go right to their classroom rewards. And so, I mean, I have to say it, but then it, the teacher is the one who kind of is responsible yeah. for doing the rewards. I do a, a choice day system in my class, whole group, and I do do it with first grade up. I don't do it with kinder. I understand what you're saying. It's kind of hard for the younger students to do the long-term rewards. Yeah. But that's why the beginning of the year I'm probably a little more lenient as far as I do a sticker chart and when they get five stickers for whole class behavior, the smart um, rules, then they get a sticker and when they get five, they earn a choice day. Similar. Ah. Um, but I, I try to be pretty I don't want to earn them to earn them that fast. See, I do, but then I get stickier on it as the year goes on because mm-hmm. I want them to see the reward, like you're saying. I want them to feel in an experience and go, wow, that was awesome. Let's do that again. Yeah. And so then they have to work really hard for it as the yeah. year goes on. And, and something else that I think is worth mentioning is that I've noticed in the younger grades, I more often can hold the whole class accountable because they will, uh, you know, generally feed off each other. Yeah. Right? But in the older grades, the older kids are very much aware of when you are um, punishing a whole class based on one or two or even three or four or five kids. Yeah. And you don't want to get into that rut. Right. Where you have a negative attitude towards this class, they have a negative attitude towards you, Mm -hmm. and it's really only about just a handful of kids. Yeah. So that's where I really like to get specific with, wow, you know, Carrie got a star for your whole class. Yeah. Or so-and-so is doing these awesome things for yeah. your class. Like, So it's about the positive. And it's the about negative. the positive And also it's about like noticing and recognizing those individuals. Yeah. And sometimes I'll even throw a sticker on them. Yeah. Which is very funny because you would think um, that the older kids like would just poo-poo stickers. But um, they're all about it still. Everybody loves a sticker. That's funny. Yeah. for our work smarter not harder teacher tip and tanya's got a great tip for us today oh well <laughs> this is one of those things i think i say you this, say all this the time. every time like you probably already do this but i can say for a fact i don't okay so well i've been thinking it. about this for a long time and it's one of those things that you know you never get around to because hey there's so many other things to do yes. right but i just did it um I kind of was feeling guilty since I didn't redo the decor in my room. So I was like, well, I'll just play with tape. I've got a lot of duct tape. I got a lot of masking tape. I mean, I went out on purpose and bought the tape. So I color-coded my mallets to go with the instruments that they can go with. 
and I also used the same tape on the um, container. Yeah. So I've got like the coffee hand containers and um, I used all of the like yarn mallets and I put this um, blue and white, you know, patterned tape mm -hmm. just around, you know, near the uh, mallet head for those mallets. And then I put a piece of that tape, that same design on the instruments that those mounts can go to. And then I also have a container that has that same, I taped up a whole coffee can. Yeah. Yeah, which was quite fun. Yeah. It sounds it's relaxing. Like the, it's like the only craft besides mindful glitter bottles, which I got to- rock at those. I gotta, I've been making so many of those. I've got to do a little, um, I don't know. Tutorial. A, yeah, I'll do an Instagram TV. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> on how to make those things. Cause yeah. I'm, I've been making a lot of those. Uh, so yeah, so now I, I, it just took me so long to, to do this. Yeah. I've been thinking about it, but I don't know about you, but you have those kids where you're like, Hey, go to the base xylophone. All right. I'll take this really tiny, hard rubber yes. mallet to the base xylophone. Yeah. And then you hear click, click, click. Right. And you go, what's going on? So anyway, I love it. So that's my little tip is tape, tape, Day tape it up. section where we each share a professional or a personal recommendation. So Carrie, tell us what have you been digging in or out of the music room? Um, mine's going to be out of the music room. So one of my summer goals was to read more and I was proud of myself because I read like three books. And one of them was World Music Pedagogy. One of them was. I also... Um, Oh, gosh. What else did I read? Well, let me tell you about the one I just recently okay. finished that I really liked. Um, I read... Oh, I remember I read Gone Girl. That's what oh, I read. But yeah. then that got me into this whole genre of, like... I, I call them, like, chick mysteries. I mean, that's really what they are. They're, like, chick flick mystery books. But yeah. I read Girl in Cabin 10, and I know many of you maybe have already read this because I know it's been out for a while, but it was just a really good book. So if you like that whole genre of, you know, kind of girly, kind of... Did she, didn't she, you know, what What did she see? What did she not see? Unreliable um, narrator. Unreliable narrator, exactly. Um, Girl on the Train was similar in that genre. I'm so I'm reading a lot of these kind of books, and I have a couple more on my list that I'm excited to read. But cool. if you haven't read Girl in Cabin 10, I definitely recommend it. Nice. It's just a good, like, turn your brain off from the rest of the world kind of book. That's awesome. It's like a don't talk to me, I'm reading book. Like, All me, right. Like, had to shoo my children away like towards the end because I was like ah I just want to finish it it's so good Very and cool. I've never been that kind of a book reader but I'm excited to be more of a book reader yeah feeling good about it yay all right okay what you got Tanya um well I've got another podcast because um it's all about the podcast well yeah I just want to walk around my neighborhood and the lake and listen to podcasts that's yeah. pretty much all I really want to do I find that I don't want to do things in public when I listen to podcasts because I react out loud and oh. like make faces and like talk back and I like, do too but I just figure I, they think I'm crazy it. I don't okay. care that's all right yeah. if you have headphones on it gives you a pass <laughs> all right go ahead <laughs> uh so um a podcast it's interesting because it disappeared from my feed because I knew they were on hiatus for a little bit uh and then I just remembered the other day like what happened to that podcast and it turns out they had 
come back for like a whole month and I missed it. But there's this podcast called Buy the Book. And it's not B-U-Y, it's B-Y, okay. by the book. And um, it's a podcast of two women, mm -hmm. which is fabulous because, you know, conversation. Yeah, like, kind of no, like us. Kind of like us. I don't know if they uh, ramble. Oh, no, they ramble quite a bit. Oh, good. Anyway, um, but their whole premise is they are talking about self-help books, right? Oh. I'm a sucker for a self-help book or yeah. for an inspirational book or uh -huh. all of those. Um, and so they pick a book. And they read the book and they live by it for two weeks. Ah. So, like, they, they've done several several books. Like, you know, The Life-Changing uh, Magic of Tidying Up by, um, oh, what is her name? I cannot remember the author's name. Uh, no, Someone out there is saying it right now. But okay. anyway. They're talking to their podcast the way we talk to our podcast. Exactly. So in, they will live this book for two yeah. weeks. And they'll talk about how it went, and then they'll give a verdict on, like, would you recommend this book? Would you not recommend this book? But they've done all kinds of books, like, from, you know, the the Tidying Up book mm -hmm. to, like, um, French Women Don't Get Fat, mm. which is one that I read years ago, mm -hmm. um, which is a, yeah, kind of a disturbing book. Okay. Um, but, like, these self-help books. Yeah. Right. So, and then lately... And then you don't have to read the book. And then you, you don't have to read the book. just take their word for it. But if you've read the book, it's really fascinating because you're, like, you know, talking to yeah, the podcast. Yeah, you're chiming along with it. Right. So they recently did a 10% Happier book. Oh, from that's your favorite. From my guy, Dan Harris. And, yeah. like, boy, they slammed on that one. Oh. But, yeah, but they kind of liked you're it. Okay but they that. Okay. Whatever. You know. It was it was fascinating. Interesting. But it's called Buy the Book. Okay. Yeah. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring Blog. Um, the show notes are going to look a little bit different because uh, on the blog post, it will actually include a list of all the things that we have discussed. Not necessarily with links, but um, just with some information. But there will also be a link there to a checklist of procedures if you're interested in that. Yeah. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And in our next episode, we'll be talking about solfege and why we use it and why you should too. It's going to be kind of like a Kodai 101 melodic thing. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of which, um, I'm going to give a little plug here. On September 15th, in Colorado, if you are wanting something to do, I am doing a workshop for Rocky, which is the regional organization of Colorado Kodai educators. And it is called Kodai 101 and Mindfulness in the Music Room. So we'll be talking about some basic Kodai songs and games and activities to get one started in the school year. And we'll also be touching on mindfulness and how it can be used in conjunction with your music activities in the room. It's going to be awesome. And yes. we'll be sure to put a link to the registration and the website um, in our show notes and on our Facebook and Instagram. Yep. It's on. It's in Wheat Ridge, Colorado at the Glory of God Lutheran Church. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking.
everybody, it's Carrie. I just wanted to add a quick correction. In our CODA section, I mentioned a book that I enjoyed this summer, and I called it The Girl in Cabin 10. No, it is The Woman in Cabin 10. So my fault, wanted to make sure I had the correct title in there, and it is by Ruth Ware. So if you haven't read it already and you enjoy that genre, be sure to pick it up.